five, four, three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, we are live here with a brand new episode of Segments. Episode two. Since I couldn't find episode two on on the uh, where the podcast is, I basically just said you know episode two segments. We got some things to talk about. However, it has been in the news that George St. Pierre, middleweight champion now, former middleweight champion, has vacated his belt. He's vacated his belt, and now Robert Whitaker will be crowned. Well, officially, he was crowned. UFC middleweight champion. Now, he will defend that in Australia against Luke Rockhold at UFC 220 in Perth. That will be exciting. That's a good That's a good move. You know, it was a good move by GSP. You know, for, for, for a little bit of time, a lot of people are getting upset, saying, oh, GSP is going to hold up the division now. He's being Michael Bisping. He didn't sound necessarily like he wanted to defend a title. He wasn't staying committed. He didn't sound like he was committed to doing that, even though he said it was in the contract that he had to. He vacated it due to some illnesses because he says fighting at 185 pounds isn't natural for him. You know, he had to force himself to eat. And rather than to force himself to eat, to bulk up just to make the weight, he decided to go with what his natural weight is. So with him saying that makes it hint that he possibly could want to be returning to 170 pounds. But reading the statement earlier, I was just uh, I was thinking like in my head, he's probably he's probably going to be off for a little bit, maybe until like mid 2018. And then he said in the note that he would talk with the UFC and see what's next for his for his future. I'm, I am certainly glad that this, the return of St. Pierre did happen. It's kind of funny now because it's like, you know, now that Biz Ping's out of the way, he's not to everyone, according to everyone, holding up the division or anything like that. Like, now it's Robert Whitaker versus Luke Rockhold, and the division's moving on. So we get to see the rest of these contenders instead of George St. Pierre being out or anything. But, you know, George is the best. You know, he comes back. He beats Michael Bisping. He gets a belt. He, he gets the status of the middleweight champion added to his resume. And, and he goes back down to his, weight, uh, his original weight class. If anybody can do it, it's George, and he does he he does it in such a fantastic way. You know, he's such a fantastic martial artist, and you know he he's one of the best of all time. He just just a matter of time before he goes back to one seventy, and when he goes back to one thirty, you know, a fight with Tyron Woodley doesn't sound too bad now. You know, it it kind of sounded ridiculous for for Tyron to say that he's going to go to 185 and chase GSP, you know, for, for starters, I didn't think GSP was going to stay at 185 to begin with. You know, originally in my head, I thought he was just going to fight Michael Bisping. He's happened to fight at 100, 185 pounds. He beats Michael Bisping. He gets a belt. And he, 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 he uh, I actually thought he originally thought he was going to uh, vacate his belt. I didn't know. I didn't know if he was going to stick around or anything like that. But he, he definitely did vacate his belt. And, you know, congrats, Robert, Robert Whitaker. Now he has a real test in front of him in the form of Luke Rockhold. So, for this title fight, there, there is a little bit of controversy here on um, uh, on why Luke Rockhold is getting the shot. You know, a lot of you guys may have seen, you know, Kelvin Gaslam very vocal on Twitter and social media about, you know, Luke Rockhold. He said some 
a little couple of statements about him, basically like citing that you know he's fought like three times and he hasn't fought in over sixteen months, and he's coming off of a win over a guy David Branch who wasn't really even top five in the UFC and all that. He's beat one guy, and Kelvin beat three former champions. He's beaten Vitor Belfort, obviously was a no contest, was turned over because he popped for marijuana. Who gives a fuck about that? And he beat um, Michael Bisping, obviously he was supposed to fight. Uh, Anderson Silva, and he, uh, who else did Kelvin beat? Kelvin beat a third person. Who's the third person? He beat three former champions. He's Vitor. I know he beat the brakes off Tim Kennedy, but, uh, he said three former champions. Why, why is that slipping my mind right now? But anyways, you know, I felt that Kelvin did, you know, he, he has an argument to be made that he does deserve to fight Robert, Robert, Robert Whitaker, but, um, and, you know, versus Luke Rockhold based off the activity of their last few fights. You know, Kelvin has been way more active. Luke has taken a big, a, a long time off. He took a long time off after his loss to Michael Bisping, and he came back, beat David Branch, you know, yeah, it was all right, it was an all right when you know, he beat a guy that was out good outside of the UFC, he wasn't even in the UFC for quite some time, and expects a title shot. Scratch that, I didn't say he beat, I didn't mean he beat three former champions, he's fought three former champions, he's beaten um, Vitor Belfort, and um, he's beaten Michael Bisping, but he's, he, he, He's fought Chris Weidman, and, and, and maybe that's one of the reasons why. God, I feel like shit. Maybe that, that, that's one of the reasons why that the UFC isn't is confident in him putting him against Robert Whitaker. Because they look at the fight with Weidman. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say it, but you do look at Weidman. Weidman was coming off of three losses in a row. Obviously, you know, the, the loss to Luke, Yoel Romero, Gegard Musasi, And, you know, the big test was against Kelvin Gaslam. Is he going to be able to survive? Is he going to be able to take on this very young lion? Is he going to be able to keep his consistency in this middleweight division? You know, one one loss had Chris Weidman had, had uh, one more loss. After that Musashi fight, would have had him probably cut from the UFC and and probably put it to another went to another organization. But um, obviously Luke, I mean obviously Chris Weidman is a very talented guy. So maybe Kel Kelvin losing to Chris Weidman was kind of the reason why, or maybe they have a feeling that Rockhold, you know, obviously former champion. Uh, you know, he was a great champion. He's a very fantastic fighter. You know. Him, him fighting Robert Whitaker is big, a bigger draw because you know. Look at who who Luke's beat. Take away the the fact that he beat David Branch, in September. I think it was September, right? No, it wasn't last September. No, 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 no way. It was way before that. Before he beat David Branch, he was out for he was, he was out for some time. Most definitely, he was out for some time. We didn't know when Luke Rockhold was going to come back. You know, it was originally he was originally supposed to fight Jacare, but then I think uh, Robert Whitaker fought Jacare, and then he beat the brakes off. I think, yeah, Robert Whitaker fought Jacare. He beat the brakes off of him, and then after that, uh, what's it called? Uh, he was out, and then he comes back and beats, smashes David Branch, and then. Uh, now, you know, obviously Kelvin has looked good, like I said, but maybe the fact is that people aren't realistically looking at these things.
who has he beat? He's beaten some good guys, obviously, but if you look at all three of the guys that he's fought, where are, where are their careers at? How, how, how close are any of them to possibly warranting a title shot anytime soon? Bisping just fought St. Pierre and Kelvin starts three weeks. Three weeks later, Bisping takes a fight with Kelvin. Gets starched, obviously, because he obviously is recovering from his fight with GSP. He took some damage in that fight, and that's way too soon for someone that got hurt that badly in a fight to come back. Obviously, props to Bisping and all that, but look, he beats a he beats a, a withered Bisping that's coming off of a fight three weeks earlier with one of the best welterweights of all time that went to middleweight. Okay, he beats the brakes off of a post TRT Vitor Belfort who who's who's uh, on his way out. Recently, just posted that he's going to retire. You know, his his missing sisters, all that stuff's very unfortunate. You know, uh, I want to wish the best to Vitor in his last fight with uh, Uriah Hall. But um, so he's beaten older, withered Vitor Belfort off the TRT, off the juice, and he. Obviously, fought Chris Weidman. He did knock Chris Weidman down. He did, you know, at first look good against him, but Chris Weidman's size and strength eventually was too much for him, overpowered him, and basically, you know, he tapped out. So, there's arguments to be made, but, you know, if you got to look at it, look at, look, going back to what I said, look at who Luke Rockhold's beaten. He's beaten Chris Weidman. He's beaten everybody. He's beaten Jock Ray. He, he, he's beating everyone, you know, obviously he got caught with the Michael Bisping fight, he got caught in the Vitor Belfort fight, and, you know, ever since then, you know, there's nothing really to hate on him, you know, obviously, anybody, anything can happen on any given day, you know, Rockhold getting stopped by Bisping, that could happen on any given day, so, it's not just that he got knocked out by Michael Bisping, it's just people want to hate on him, because, you know, the way that he is, or something like that, but, uh, I'm not mad at the Luke Rockhold versus Robert Whitaker fight. It's going to be a very technical fight. Obviously, I know both men are going to bring it. Now, Robert Whitaker has the the crown on his on his back being promoted to the actual middleweight champion of the UFC. And his first real title defense will come against a very tough, tough Luke Rockhold. And, you know, Kelvin can fight someone else. Maybe the winner of Jacare Brunson or something like that. You know, it's a great fight. And like I said, Kelvin... Kelvin can fight someone else, but, you know, Kelvin actually recently said that he's going to take some time off, you know, I think he was joking about the time where, you know, he said, maybe I should take a certain amount of time off, like 16 months off or something, and uh, then then maybe I'll get a title fight, because, you know, that's what Luke, you know, did, because he had his ACL injury, he was prepping to come back, and he got injured, and he was out for a while, you know, you can't just come back from ACL surgeries in the blink of an eye, but it, it, it was, um, it was a long time. We hadn't seen Luke Rockhold back. I'm still not used to Luke being back because of the fact that he, you know, he walked through David Branch. It was a, it was a, it was a while ago. That happened a little bit ago. But um, now we get to see them back in February. So that should be a great fight. Um, also, for uh, what is it? speaking of uh, of of Kelvin's opponents, Bisping, Bisping has said that 
he wants one more dance, one more fight in the octagon, and then he was going to retire. But not just any other fight. He wants a fight in his hometown. And the UFC's coming up with a, a card in London. So obviously that would be good for Michael Bisping to headline in his hometown and maybe get a win in his hometown. But against who? There's been a couple of talks down on the table. Not officially, but there's been, you know, there's been some thoughts. There's been some opponents thrown out there. Uh, rather, a rematch with the... Uh, a rematch with, uh, what's it called, uh, Vitor Belfort, so I heard someone say that, or, uh, like, some, uh, a fight, like, a good fight, you know, I, the fight mostly that makes sense to me, honestly, would have to be Machida, try Machida, Machida versus Bisping in Manchester, that's a good fight, I don't want to see the Ro Romero fight, I feel like Yoel Romero still has something to prove in this division, he still is one of the best, uh, fighters in there, and obviously, where their careers are, I'm not, I'm not defending Bisping or saying Bisping is scared to fight him or anything like that, but based off where their careers are going right now, I'd prefer to see, uh, I'd prefer to see Bisping fight someone who, who's kind of on the same, on their way out, almost, I don't want to see him fight one of the Derek Brunsons or the Robert Whitakers of the world, I want to see him maybe fight the Machidas of the world, or, uh, I really honestly don't know anyone else that can fight Bisping, but I, I I pick a Machida, the Machidas or something like that. Someone someone that's gonna someone with a, a a big name, someone that's been that's been doing a lot of stuff. You know, all respects to Michael Bisping based off of what he's done in his career. He's done a lot of excellent stuff. You know, from 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 winning the Ultimate Fighter, being undefeated at light heavyweight, um, becoming the middleweight champion. He's done so much. You know, having one of those charismatic personalities. You know, one of the original trash talkers up there with Chael Sonnen and Michael Bisping, and now we got new guys like Conor McGregor after that following. But you know, all all respects to Michael Bisping. Definitely, you know, a long Hall of Fame career. He will be missed. He's a great analyst on Fox. You know, he's good on the UFC Tonight desk, and you know, he he has like I said on the last episode of the Jimmy Kimmel Show, he has a lot of uh things to do outside of the cage, most definitely, but he, he does, oh, what else do we got, what else do we got, we're supposed to, this is an episode of segments, this isn't a podcast episode, there's, there's just some things that go on in the world of mixed martial arts, we just got to talk about, them. oh, yeah, we got the UFC no card, we talked about that yesterday, but, um, yeah, like I was saying, Cub Swanson does belong in the UFC, I do, I do see Cub Swanson in the UFC, I don't see him anywhere else, rather than that, and, um, it should be it should be a great fight. You know, I'm curious to see how Brian uh Brian uh Ortega handles the spotlight of being in the main event. Based off of watching his videos, he seems very calm, calm and collected. He's going up against a very tough guy in Cub Swanson who has a chip on his shoulder, he has nothing to lose. And uh you know, he he's he's definitely uh he's definitely a a, a guy that's worth watching it obviously he definitely is a guy that UFC should put and invest more money into because you know he is a guy that you know could could represent and be uh, be a good champion and be a good uh, a star you know comes a star in general so UFC should uh, want to have to get rid of one of their stars like that it's one of the it's one of those things that you know we can't be doing in the new age of 2000 like when 2018 approaches we got to keep all the stars we can't get rid of the stars UFC has to put aside a certain amount of money for a certain amount of people that they can invest in you know not just the Conor McGregor's Ronda Rousey's and John Jones's of the world but people with a little bit you know original you know, 
as in original, as in like guys that's been in the UFC for quite some time, so like the WEC days, guys like Cub Swanson, guys like Clay Guida. Now it's like people are like, oh, he's fighting on this card. That's awesome, you know. But you know, they do put a lot. You know, it just happens with a matter of time. You know, you know, it, it, it's just been overlooked because a lot of people have been looking at other things rather than looking at what's in front of them. You know, people wanted to be seeing Conor McGregor fight for multiple multiple uh, world titles in different divisions. They don't want to see the other contenders fight. They want to see the they don't want to see the champion defend against the contenders. Well at first, you know, when, when everyone was high on the Conor everyone's still high on the Conor McGregor era. But what I mean, like, at the time, was like, oh, I want to see Connor. Connor can go up to 155 and take that belt and defend both belts simultaneously. That would be a good, a good idea to see him do that. But now it seems like he hasn't even defended a belt at all, so it's been kind of, you know, upsetting. So, you know, we haven't been able to see fresh blood at 145 pounds because of the fact that Jose Aldo and then the Frankie Edgar stuff happened and then finally Aldo fights Max Holloway and then all that you know now the door is open for Cub Swanson that's what I'm saying basically so when the door is open for Cub Swanson that leaves him with all a bunch of opportunity you know the door is open you know he got caught in that first fight he got choked out but you know it's, you can be different fighters, you know. I feel like Cub Swanson in that division, he is one of the few that are in their primes. You know, Max Holloway's in their prime. You know, I, I know Frankie Edgar's still good. He, he's always evolving. So Frankie Edgar, it's a top. It, it, it comes to the top three guys in that division. It has to be Max Holloway, Jose Aldo, Frankie Edgar, and Max uh, Max Holloway, Frankie Edgar, Cub Swanson, and Jose Aldo. Obviously, Jose Aldo coming off from those tough two fights, and um. You know, like I said, she takes some time off and all that. But those are my top four favorites. Obviously, Brian Ortega. I have to see how he does against Cub Swanson. You know, he he beat an older Clay Guida, and he he's beating some really good guys, some some big name guys, and you see a lot of popular fighters like Diego Brandao and all that. But um, for him to get a win over Cub Swanson, like a top tier guy potentially on the verge of fighting for a title, has he went have he win over? Excuse me. If he wins over Brian Ortega this Saturday, then he potentially could be in line for another shot at the title. If Frankie Edgar is not able to be, if he's not able to make it, you know, if we had to pick between Frankie Edgar and Cub Swanson based off who deserves it more, I feel honestly that Cub Swanson does deserve it. He deserves it a lot. I mean. When Frankie Edgar got injured, he should have been thrown in there, honestly. In my opinion, he, I felt that he should have been one guy to be thrown in there. And I, I, I feel that, you know, he definitely has been. There's been a couple times in his career, but as of late, that he's been deserving it. I'm like, why didn't they give it to him? You know, I was kind of confused on why they didn't give it to Kelvin Gaslam when it comes to title shots and all that. But um, going back to Cub, you know, I, 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 then again, I do understand why the UFC didn't do it with Kelvin Gaslam, you know, the one. A bigger name guy, a guy, obviously Kelvin Gaston was a big name. I'm not saying he's not a big name, but just like, you know, Luke Rockhold, Robert Whitaker, that's that's a fun fight. We don't have to see that, you know. Let's see what Luke got. Let's see what Robert got. Let's put that fight together. But yeah, for Cup Swanson, definitely just get a win over Brian Ortega, and that should submit his status as being the number one contender. You know, Frank Yeager broke his face in training, and he hasn't, he hasn't been out. So, you know, this fight's this Saturday. So, you know, Frankie can... Wait for the winner of Max versus whomever. That all depends on, like I said, that all depends on 
if Cub Swanson resides with the UFC, if he can negotiate something good enough. And it, like I said, on the UFC's part, that's on them to negotiate and keep one of their top prospects in that division. Definitely, no one's going to be walking through Cub Swanson. No one's going to have a bigger name than Cub Swanson. Anywhere Cub goes, it's going to be a big name. So UFC, do your part and make sure you keep Cub Swanson. Anyways, what's next? Um, What is next? We really didn't have that much stuff to talk about today. It was just mainly a couple of those things. I really wanted to get my thoughts on those. And uh, Another thing actually was um, the titles thing. The world title. The world title. Basically, Conor McGregor's world title at lightweight. GSP's formal title, former world title at 185 pounds. Just the fact that they weren't defending was kind of upsetting to me. And I don't know, I don't know why he got so upsetting, but just like, you know, I want them to defend the world titles. I want them to defend the world titles. When are they going to defend the world titles? Because I want to see the division's progress. I don't want everyone to see, everyone. I don't want everyone to be in a log jam and have all the good guys fight the good guys instead of one of the good guys, like, you know, at the time, Jacare could fight for the title when he was considered to fight for the title because there was a couple times, Romero, um, Rockhold. Weidman, you know, they all deserve to fight for these world titles and stuff, so, you know, it, it's good that, you know, the divisions have been progressing, have been moving, and that's a great thing moving forward for these divisions, now it's just the Conor one, you know, Tony Ferguson had some elbow surgery due to the fact that Conor hasn't been out, has been out, so, you know, why not just get some so shoulder surgery, and um, we have a great fight, that Habib versus Tony Ferguson fight, Her, Habib versus Edson Barbosa fight, this, this, on, um, is that this Friday? Oh, no, it's on the home, Holly Holm versus Chris Cyborg. Uh, that, that's going to be a great fight. So that fight will determine another real big number one contender. Possibly could be the next one to fight for the title if Tony Ferguson isn't available. If Tony Ferguson's available, then they'll fight Tony Ferguson. But other than that, I don't know what they're going to do. But, um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for today's episode of Segments, Episode 2, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate you guys for joining us here shortly while we... While we had some time to, today, obviously I like to do segments all the time, but um, whenever something really sticks in your head, you got to really talk about it, and that's what I did. But uh, like I said, guys, thanks for tuning in. Um, next week, we'll be, we'll be back recapping, like I said, uh, UFC Fresno, Cub Swanson, Brian Ortega. We got a lot of great fights on there. Brian, uh, uh, not Brian, excuse me, Marlon Moraes versus Aljamain Sterling is a good one. That should be a great one, and I can't wait to see the fights. And I'm sure you guys can't wait. You know, this is Gabriel Hernandez here. You guys know where to find me at GMeekerMMA on Twitter at GMeeker underscore MMA on Instagram. Facebook.com slash GabyBaby123. Facebook.com slash Gabriel the King Hernandez. We will be back next week. GMeeker MMA out, baby.